0: Welcome to this episode of Bob Cooney's VR Deep Dive Podcast. In this series, Bob connects you with some of the leading innovators and thinkers in location-based
1: VR. You see an inordinate amount of replay in your Sydney virtual reality experience. Talk about that and, and how do you explain it?
0: Well, it's been a big surprise to me because I had assumed it would be like my traditional escape room, right? You just go in, you play once, and and, and that's it. But what we've found is that particularly kids, right, because it's not just about solving puzzles. It's about actually being there with each other, being able to fly and do things to of the gaming side can do shooting and just have some fun together so we actually get a lot of repeats particularly for kids so you get one kid who's held their birthday party at our venue and then this another kid who's attended that particular birthday party comes out has an awesome time and says I'm so so going to do my birthday party here and keeps bugging their parents until their parents actually agree to do their birthday party with us. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, they're back in. And then, you know, to the point where you've got some kids who's been there five, 10 times and we know them by name, you know, and they greet us by name. (laughs) And the parents obviously come and then they roll their eyes and they're like, "Yep, we're here again. (laughs) And it's great for business. I'm not complaining. It's just something of a surprise to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. So, So what else am I forgetting to ask? Where's the bar, right? Any other yeah. questions for you guys? What other questions do you guys have? We did a couple of escape rooms yes. on a tour. So they took us for a tour. And I was surprised by how, like, the effects that they're building into the escape rooms themselves. And do you do any of that? Like, the one I did was, um, did you do the mine? No, you didn't do the mine one. We did one where you're in a coal mine. And they had an elevator that's taking you down the mine shaft and it had airbags under it. Yes. and You were like getting jostled around. How much of that is actually happening in the escape room space? And, and then we can talk about the effects that you've put in too. That, oh, yes. Thing. Good transition. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: um, with escape rooms... The traditional locks, keys, very you know, basic things, morph to technology and more immersive. But part of the more immersive or greater looking is actually the environmental effects that's starting to be seen in some of the escape rooms now. You mentioned the the scent, yeah, that's happening. You've got the fog. That comes in. Those are the two key are the things two that big you're ones. seeing yeah. at the moment in yeah. terms of the escape room. Not all escape rooms, but you know some great escape rooms are starting to put that in. You've got the actors as well, I think, in, in some of the escape yeah, rooms. Yeah, Andre did that one. That I don't know if, did he tell
1: you about the zombie yes. one? They had one where there yeah. was a zombie on a chain. And every ten minutes, another foot of the chain would let out, and he could get closer and closer to everybody in the room. It actually yeah. sounded pretty terrifying. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. But I once again, my business hat comes on, and I go, "You've got an actor sitting there in the room, in waiting that whole room, waiting yeah. that whole time just to just to scare you or do whatever it is." And I granted, in some rooms, that's between the Games master who's in there. Working it and in the US, it's a one to one, so it's it's the same sort of ratio. But if where you do have an actor and also Gainsmouse, you're talking about two people to the one room for that whole hour, yeah, and you're paying, so in effect, you're paying double. Um, what you would normally and and you're going to have to
1: hire somebody that's talented enough to act yes too right and so you probably have to to pay a little bit more yeah Yeah.
0: absolutely yeah so that's what we're seeing in this physical escape rooms a lot more of these coming in to be able to differentiate and make the experience a lot more immersive and fun for players and the game's upping and it does cost more
1: and so now you've added um and this was the first time you did it You was kind of a bit of a market test right which is you've added wind and heat and scents and then vibration yes. in the chair, which, you know, the response was overwhelmingly yeah, positive, right?
0: Absolutely. And it's about actually increasing the immersion that we're finding, that we want to create within the game. So it's not just a visual thing or you just going in there and seeing and, and, and feeling things it's about actually experiencing with all your senses so Bob was saying you know the, the scent side of things that is one of the key things that people remember right yeah. since one of the strongest um, memory triggers yeah. that you yeah. get so you've got the scent of smoke and fire happening when you see the explosions in VR which is pretty amazing and then people can smell that and actually feel like they're really in it You've got the vibrations from the seat which rumbles up as the explosion's happening, which makes you physically feel and have the reaction as if you're physically there being blown up. You've got the wind happening as you're flying and, you know, going through the air, you know, the hot or the cold air, the hot for the explosions, the cold as you're flying through things to actually make it feel like you're, you know, flying through the air. And that actually, you know, bombards all your different senses to increase that immersion, which has yes. been, you know, as you said, overwhelmingly
1: positive. And one of the things that you, the reason you can do that is with six people in one space that the cost per effect goes down. If you had a, yes. a single room and you had to replicate all of those effects in every single room, the cost of the installation goes up too. And so, so you're getting a lot of leverage yes. out of that investment of scent generators and wind and heat. Yeah. So really smart. And and so it's kind of like this, this void level experience. And we're seeing that VEX is another company that's brought that to the kind of like the four player multiplayer arcade system where they're doing these multi sensory effects. And so I think you're seeing more and more of that. And in in the escape room, like we did a, there was a networking event Monday night before the show. And one of the most popular discussion tables was on immersion. It's like, it's the big thing that everybody's escape rooms. And how do you not break that immersion?
0: Yeah, and and it just increase that, and you know, for yeah. for everybody, really, because you know, in the industry, it's about upping the game. Because you know, there are people going out of business and 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 not doing so well, and you constantly need to invest and, and reinvent yeah. what you're providing. And I think the same thing in VR. At the moment, we've got these two great games, but in our next game, it's gonna up the game even more, more immersion, you know, with more puzzles, more everything. And, yeah. and, and that's really all, you know, we're doing.
1: Yeah, so Joe's asking about sweet spot for amount of time. So these games are up to 60 minutes. I think mm-hmm. you said the average is 45. Yeah. You know, it was one of the controversial points on the panel that we yes. did was, you know, was Sean was saying, you know, you know 20 minutes, 25 yes. minutes should be the limit. What's your experience been running 45 to 60-minute games?
0: Well, what Sean was saying that it was optimum because – and it's in a different test environment, right? Whereas what we're doing here is we're providing people with an experience that they get immersed in and actually working with each other. So they get totally engaged in it. And actually, a lot of people don't really feel like it's that long, right? They come out and they think, oh, wow, my 60 minutes is up already. And often we actually give people more time when we're not busy. So we've had people in there for one and a half hours thinking, wow, you know, is that, you know, it? I thought, you know, it was only like 20, 30 minutes, which has been amazing for people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, there's a bit of a time warp in VR anyway. Yes. And, and, and I will say that, you know, when I had the information, access to the information, one of the, you know, the top performing zero latency financially in the world was mm. the only one that ran a 45 minute game. Everybody else was running. 20 minute games or 25 minute games because you know the conventional wisdom is you know people don't want 45 minute or hour long experiences, but I think if you're running a destination business, Mm -hmm. you know, I think an hour is really the minimum to get people off the couch,
0: yeah. And it also works really well for an escape room owner, right? Because escape rooms are generally 60 minutes, so therefore, having a 60 minute virtual reality escape room fits in with the timing as you know what customers get for their money, yeah. Although from a virtual reality escape room perspective, we run at one hour, 15 minute sessions. So you've got the up to 60 minutes for customers, but then you've only got 15 minutes for reset and just making
1: sure Clean, everything's... Wiping the headsets and rebooting that's right. the computers uh, you and know, anything
0: that. that. That occurs, or giving people a bit of extra time. Yeah. Whereas in my physical escape room, I run at one and a half hour intervals because you need that extra thirty minutes. Resets take a lot longer. You know, I've trained my staff to be resetting. You know, in less than five minutes. But I know, and I've talked to other escape room owners. Some could be resetting. You know, depending on the size of the rooms. You know, fifteen minutes or so just to reset a room. Especially yeah.
1: the lock and key ones. Like they're, yeah.
0: Could be. And then you've got breakages and other things that happen, which you know happens quite often, even though we. Try you know people proof the rooms but it does happen so we need all that you know 30 minutes quite a bit yeah. whereas in vr you don't get those breakages it literally is a reset of things and wipe 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 and yep. in they go
1: yeah cool so marshall good questions um marshall miller asked how frequently do you change or add content so one of the advantages you've said is that you can have multiple games in one room yes What's the break, like right now you have two games, what's the makeup of the two games, what percent, like do you let people choose them, how do you maximize that, and then talk about the schedule for additional games coming forward.
0: Um, So the schedule for additional games is one per year minimum, and we'll see how we go when we first release our next games, and the idea is if it all goes well, then potentially it could be two or three a year. But the great thing with that, it's not like a physical room where you actually have to close the room off and then that's it and you can't play that room again for forever because you've got the new theme in. What we do is you can actually run this you know the games all in the one room. So if you're an escape room owner just putting one in, then you can run you know one game in one session, the next session becomes the next game, et cetera, et cetera. Therefore, you're maximizing the repeatability of that particular room yeah. at our Sydney premises because we've got six rooms. We're pretty much just you know interchange. Depends on what people have in our book system. We have three for one game, three for the other game. But really, if uh, for our large corporates, we'll actually just run the same game across for, you know, for everyone for the 36 people who play at the same time. Yeah. And actually, we take more than 36. We would do up to 72. We've had lots of that, because we will get 36 in the rooms, 36 outside, and we've got a VR headset outside, and as well as other activities, that's team building, because we've got still quite a large reception, despite the fact that we've got six rooms. And they're outside engaged in doing other fun activities, and then we do a swap. Yeah. And that way we can take huge groups and it and it works really well there.
1: Yeah. Another question is like theming in the space. So this is one of the one of the nice things about a VR experience is you don't actually have to theme and if you too heavily theme it in one direction, then it becomes incongruent with the other. So what have you done theming wise and what are your thoughts on that? I have my own I'll share yes. it
0: afterwards. <laughs> well, in the rooms itself it isn't because we def- we run it interchangeably the games. But outside what we do for photo opportunities is we have an interactive, you know, 3D wall where we've got a particular scene from the um, from the game where people would stand in front of and pretend to shoot fireballs. And then when you take a photo, it looks like they're shooting fireballs. Yeah. So that's why we call it 3D, more interactive photos that we take. And that's, once again, great from the social media sharing point of view. People want to take those sort of photos because it looks really cool. And then they'll share it. And yeah, I'm always thinking about how can we maximize our exposure and getting the word of mouth increased.
1: Yeah, yeah and so one of the things I'm, I'm thinking is that there is an opportunity where – you know, you almost can create a meta theme where when you come in, you know, you're going to enter a mission. And so there's like almost this mission central mission control, you're entering a mission and maybe there's a meta story that then you can choose which mission you're going to go. The analogy I used the other day I was talking about is there was a, a TV show with Scott Bakula. What was it? Doctor um, Who? No, 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 no. Uh, uh, Quantum Leap. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Quantum Leap. And so like something like that, where you're going on these different missions. So you have a meta story, but then you have each of those. And so I think there's some opportunities around that as the business matures a little bit to build some extra themes. So so he's asking about glitches. And so, you know, I think one of the challenges is anything that's built on Steam <laughs> Is inherently going to be, as long as we're dependent on Steam with Vive, is inherently going to be a little bit glitchy. But what's your experience been with like software problems and tracking glitches and stuff like that?
0: Well, at the beginning, because VR was very new to me and, and operationally, there was a lot of a, bu- a huge learning curve in terms of updates, in terms of particular settings. And if they're not right, the glitches arise. If you haven't cleared the cache or done certain things, the glitches arise. But as we've been running now for two years, got all those all that under control we know what actually happens we've tried to zero out a lot of those things by adjusting the settings and we've also got the operations manual that that our games masters can access and go okay well this is what you do when there are glitches so we've been able to really minimize our glitches we have very few these days In terms of that, um, generally it will happen if there's potentially an update of a game that we don't know, or an update of Steam, or you know one of the other underlying software that we weren't aware of, or or Windows updates. That kind of happen, and we haven't turn off automatic
1: updates. (laughs) and that's when the
0: glitches arise but i mean you know the glitches if if you've followed all the protocols and you don't have the and you have the updates done and waiting you could run you know games for weeks and And that's one of any glitches and
1: that's one of the things you've said is that you you have your game masters reboot steam after every game just to eliminate and to be safe yeah
0: that's right and we you know we turn off certain things so therefore you don't get the glitches and you've got protocols to check for updates etc so yeah you could run you know, for weeks without any glitches if you do that correctly. Yes. Generally, the glitches arise when we've sort of, the Games mm-hmm. Master have forgotten to do updates or it's come in, you know, during the day and we've been running back-to-back sessions and haven't checked it.
1: Yeah, okay. So, Marshall, asking about the, the ability to adjust the game on the fly to overcome issues. Like, so, the role of the Game Master yes. in your experience. What do they do? Like, how important are they? Talk about the game master, yeah. So,
0: yes, the game's master role is not only to help people through puzzles, but to actually also, you know, go over and help them to do the navigation, the flying and other things like that. They have the ability to port people through or take people through to different sections of the game as well. And so, in a way, they're like God, right? They're kind of like oversight of everything. They can see what the players are doing. They can adjust the length of the arms and other things like that to reduce or increase the flying aspect for people. They can move someone from here to there. They can take someone from one session to another. So, so um, if
1: somebody has a problem and you have to reboot yes. their computer, right, does the whole team stop at that point? And, or, and how do they, can they catch up right where they started from? Yep. or?
0: it really depends on what the issue is you know if it's a particular play issue and maybe you know one of the settings within the computer it's just that particular person's computer and we'll go in and adjust the sound or whatever and it works but if it is a whole game glitch then it will infect the whole game even if it's just for that player's pc we'd have to restart the whole game and then get people back in but the great thing is that with the controls that you've got on the operator computer you can actually just do the voiceover and just say look you know there's been a glitch we're just going to restart and it's a matter of you know less than a minute to click a button to close it click another button to open it and to reopen it and then you click a few buttons to put them through to where they were exactly when so it they don't have off. to start over again they no, can go they right in where they left Absolutely. off okay cool yeah. yeah
1: awesome any other questions from you guys because i think the bar is going to be opening in three minutes and i think you deserve a margarita or Not two none,
0: more than that <laughs>
1: Awesome. So yeah, that's it. Enter Mission. Check it out. Enterthemission.com. I'll put the website in here. Enterthemission.com. You'll be seeing more. Check out the website. The game trailers are up there. Um, There's details about the product. And yeah, if you have any questions at all, just reach out through the website. You can always email me at vrbob at bobcuni.com. Crystal, congratulations on launching a new business and and yeah, looking forward to see where it goes. So
0: thank you guys.
1: Awesome. We will see you next week. Um, I'll be coming to you from somewhere in Europe. It might be Germany. It might be Belgium. I'm not quite sure yet. On Thursday, Brandon Nades from um Tailon Systems is going to be coming. They worked on the motion simulator part of the Dave & Buster's Jurassic World at all attraction. Brand is also part of IAPA. He's on the safety committee. We're going to talk about safety in VR to something that he's really passionate about. And we don't actually talk about much. So yeah, if you're running a VR arcade, or you're doing anything in virtual reality, make sure you tune into that. We will see you uh, live from Europe. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you. Love you guys. We'll see you soon. Thanks for joining in.
0: That's the end of this interview. We hope you really enjoyed it. There's plenty more resources on the, Bob's website which is www.bobcooney.com or you can find us on all the usual podcast places we look forward to seeing you again